Hello, hello, and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Astrology Did Not Change My Life. I am still that bitch, hosted by your girl, Plutonian Aquarius. Another day, another episode, baby. Woo! And we're still on the sister sign train. And so, today's episode will be about the other pair of sister signs, and that's Gemini and Sagittarius. Two very fun-loving signs, but in my opinion, also get very, very stereotyped and honestly are always kind of just ignored as being ditzy, unreliable. They're kind of just pushed to the back. They aren't known to be anything more than simply just the fun-loving pair. You go to them for a good time, not for a long time. And it's not just my Gemini moon that makes this episode very close to my heart and has motivated me to remove the slander. But, you know, I'm always big on all the signs are all the same in the sense that there's no sign is better or worse. So I want to move away from these stereotypes, as always. So that has always been the main message and kind of the main goal that I want to achieve through all of these episodes. I want to give everybody a different perspective on these signs because again, each sign has their own lesson that they bring to the world that we can learn from. Show. Time to remove the slander. But I think you guys already know which sign I'm very biased about anyways. <laughs> so like I'm going to sound like a little bit of a hypocrite. But to any Capricorns listening, I love you all. You guys are the best, as always. But yeah, um, no sign is better or worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I stick by my word. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. But before I even get into today's content, I wanted to actually give you all a heads up on my official website that's going to be releasing next week. Honestly, it'll probably be in the next couple of days. So keep an eye out. Um, if you guys still haven't followed me on Instagram, it's Plutonian Aquarius. That's my IG handle. You can go there for updates, for sneak peeks. And also just to keep a heads up on everything that I will be eventually releasing onto my website. Again, I mentioned in last week's episode, I'm very, very excited for all the new stuff that I have for you guys because I wanted to kind of just revamp my energy, for lack of a better word. And I know I was was kind of hesitant to move towards readings and to open up towards readings, but considering the overwhelming, like, interest and support that I got from a lot of the people around me, I went, why don't I just open it up and see how it is? And so... There will be like a disclaimers page, a frequently asked questions page. So for whatever questions that you may have about my readings and all the other stuff that I will be putting onto my store on my website, it can be answered in the in the frequently asked section or also the disclaimers. But I also really would like you guys to read the disclaimers just because there's a couple of do's and don'ts that I have just as an astrologer and just as my own principles. And a lot of it, like, ethical principles that I follow. And I would like it if we were always on the same page 
about that. There's just some things that I won't compromise on. And that is me creating boundaries. Mm-hmm. Aren't you proud of me? Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So, regardless, I'm very, very excited for the official release of a website. It just feels so much more real, you know, that I'm doing something productive when you have an official website that you can clicky-click. But it's all because of you guys. It really is. If I'm still surprised that people are still listening, every time I, like, open up, like, the analytics section of my um, podcast page and stuff, I'm like, how many people listen today? What? What? So it's wild. It still is. But regardless, let's move on. So today we're going to be talking about Gemini and Sagittarius, two mutable signs. So I've talked about cardinal signs and fixed signs already. And so mutable is another modality which essentially means that you're a lot more adaptable. Fixed, like the sign says, or the word, my bad, like the word suggests, you're a little bit more fixed to your ideas, fixed to your principles and your values. And of course, that's never a bad thing. Cardinal signs are all about initiating, taking the first step, that first spark. But the mutable signs are adaptable buddies, where... You can put them anywhere, in any surface, <laughs> in any container, and they will mold into it. And that's a very, very admirable quality to have because a lot of us don't like change, but mutable signs are like, hit me with it, baby. And they'll just go with the flow. Sometimes it does get in the way when it comes to making firm decisions, but in environments, where you have to be on your toes, mutable signs are always on top of it. And at the end of the day, our charts are never just one modality. It's never one sign. There's multiple different, not only elements, modalities, but signs that come in together and make our charts. So we have the ability to be fixed when necessary. We have the ability to be cardinal and take that first step when necessary. But if we don't know how to, we have our buddies that we can learn to learn from and turn to to teach us how. But when we need to be flexible and adaptable and go with the flow, our mutable energies, if we have them in our chart, has our back. And for me, I'm more on the fixed and mutable. I have a good mixture of both. I'm not good with the cardinal energy because I don't have enough of it. So making this podcast is like, hmm, to do or not to do? Hmm. But once I, got, I felt the green light, and again, this has been my own journey, and in a way, my own hurdle, an obstacle to overcome, and now here we are making podcasts about astrology. So, but I also had a lot of cardinal people in my life that showed me how. But that's what Sagittarius and Gemini are in terms of modalities. They're very flexible individuals or, indiv or or signs. So again, Gemini and Sagittarius, because Gemini is an air sign and Sagittarius is a fire sign, they're both masculine signs. And when I mean masculine, again, a reminder, I'm not talking about heteronormative, like gender constructs from a societal or societal perspective. 
I mean that just in terms of energetic principles, because that's the brand of astrology that I subscribe to, esoteric astrology. So I focus more on that spiritual aspect that can provide you that self-help tool. And so when I talk about masculine energy, I talk about outward. So whatever you have within, you're putting it out there into the world. And that's just one of the more simplistic definitions of masculine energy. Because again, it's a whole broad spectrum as well. And I really, really simplified it. <laughs> to any of my spiritual listeners, you will know that I very much simplified it. But Gemini is the air sign in the pair. And Sagittarius is the fire sign in the pair. And that's usually how it goes. Air and fire are opposites, and water and earth are opposites. So I'll begin with Gemini. So Gemini is represented by the twins. And so this is the first time we actually have a symbol that is represented by, well, humans. And I find that if you're symbolized by a human, the energy of your sign is more so a reflection of consciousness. So more so just the human mind. That's the best way that I can say, talk about consciousness. The human mind that you are aware of. The subconscious is more so that, that intellect, that human mind that we kind of ignore, don't want to acknowledge, but it's there. It's there. And according to Freud, it's a large part of our mind. But again, that's always up for discussion in the world of psychology. And... Hmm. Before I even continue, I forgot to mention this earlier. When I talk about the signs, I'm not just talking about sun signs. So this can apply to moon signs, rising sign, Venus signs, Mars, Mercury, so any of your personal planets. So I am just talking about the general energies of each sign. And you can take these descriptions and apply them in context to your personal planets. So that's why, as a Gemini moon, I am simply just talking about the story of Gemini and how it applies to me. But it's not just limited to sun signs. Now, going back to Gemini and being represented by the twins, like I mentioned, if you have a human symbolizing your sign, most of the times... It's a representation or the energy and the lesson that you will have in this lifetime is to kind of develop that consciousness, to develop intelligence and this awareness of intelligence. So what the hell does that mean again? So Gemini comes after Taurus and Taurus comes after Aries. And the signs all have each stage and each lesson that they have to overcome and it's usually a representation of how we move through the world as humans. Aries takes the first breath and kind of just charges forward into the world and realizes that the whole world is an oyster. Taurus realizes that I have this entire world around me. Let me just take a minute and enjoy it and just sit back and smell the roses and enjoy every little thing that my senses can provide for me. Now, Gemini moves away from 
simply just exploring the world because we've already done that with Aries and we've already done that with Taurus. Now we're building awareness. And Gemini is the first sign to understand that, hey, I am part of something bigger than myself and that I exist within a bigger world around me. And that maybe everything that I'm experiencing has to have meaning, right? So Gemini is the first one that takes that first step into understanding, again, consciousness. And that simply, in terms of like a simpler definition, means of knowing and understanding reality around us. We're not, we're moving away from simply just experiencing it. We're now learning to categorize and catalog, essentially, everything that we're experiencing, everything that our five senses are experiencing, everything that we're seeing and doing. And so Gemini is essentially the first one to come up with the idea of what knowledge essentially means. And so they are trying to find meaning in the world around them. Now, coming back to the twins and why Gemini is even represented by the twins. So the twins are essentially a representation of duality, good and bad, light and dark, intellect and emotion, masculine and feminine. And what's important to realize is that the reason why they're twins and not, well, more so a relationship Like it's not a marriage. Like these aren't lovers essentially from the tarot, the tarot deck. Gemini actually is represented by the lover's card for those of you that are aware of tarot. And it's funny because even in the tarot deck, the lovers, yes, they're in a partnership. They're in a union. But the traditional or just actually the more nuanced definition or description of the lovers in the tarot deck is that they are in an equal union. Nobody is better than others. They complement each other. And that's the whole idea of Gemini as well, with Gemini's twin duality. Or you could also say like a dichotomy as well. And you've noticed that I always bring in dichotomy all the time with all of the concepts that I talk about when it comes to masculine and feminine, sun versus moon, good and bad, light and dark, because that's how it works in nature. And Gemini is the first one to actually understand that. And that happens because they're actually starting to observe the world around them and to actually create this meaning and the reason why they're, ha- they're creating these meanings and actually trying to sit down and think with it, they're the first ones to actually essentially think instead of experience. Is because they're starting to realize that there are many different layers and shades to not only the world, but to themselves. And that's because, again, they're building their intelligence, their intellect, their mind and consciousness. They're the first ones to actually sit down and realize, hey, why am I having thoughts in my head? <laughs> it just reminds me of like, you know, that cat 
that has not a single thought behind those eyes. That is not a Gemini cat. No, no, no. Mm -mm -mm. No. <laughs> and so, in terms of the duality of nature, the sun must set for it to rise again. And so the moon has to come out at night. We need night for us to appreciate day, right? Like, think about how if we don't see the sun, our and we're just surrounded by darkness. For those of my listeners that are in the northern hemisphere, you'll know what I'm talking about. How when it gets win when it's winter, we don't see the sun half the time. And all of us are just, a lot of us go through seasonal depression because of that. And our circadian rhythm is just out of whack. Some of us have to take melatonin just to be able to have a good sleep-wake cycle. That's because we're missing out on that duality. We need to experience the sun to appreciate the dark. And so a lot of us function a little bit better in the summer months, you know? Because we, we get to experience the sun. And then we can appreciate the nighttime cold that comes after the, the, the swelter, sweltering, wow, I can't word, sweltering heat. And so Gemini is the first one to actually understand that we need to have these complementary energies to basically exist in the world that we know. And the biggest one is knowing that we need to have death in order to have life, right? I'm, I grew up with the saying that every time a new life comes into the world, it's because there was a death that happened in that moment. We need to create room for new life and that the only way that that can happen is if we have deaths and at the end of the day we realize that maybe our time here is actually limited and that's a very different concept from like Taurus's idea of like I have all the time in the world and so I can experience life one step at a time when in reality not really. <laughs> Our time is quite limited here on Earth. If we were immortal, maybe not so much. But unfortunately, the human existence is finite. And that's what Gemini realizes. But another thing that's very interesting about Gemini, and probably the reason why Gemini gets all of this flack, I am not a fan of. Poor Gemini. Gemini is actually known to be one of the most misunderstood signs. So is Aquarius, and so is Scorpio. And guess whose big three are in those signs? I'm a Scorpio rising, I'm an Aquarius sun, and I'm a Gemini moon. Have I spent most of my life being misunderstood? Yeah. Yeah, it checks out. But you know, I'm different. Okay, I'm a weirdo. Ah, uh, whatever. <laughs> That's why I'm here making podcasts. But the reason why Gemini gets a lot of this misunderstanding image is because Gemini has that duality with, within them. And this is how they start having this understanding of the world around them. And it starts from their mind. And that is the fact that they aren't just one thing at any given moment, one personality or one shade, or one idea. There are multiple different sides to them. So if they're feeling good, the next day they might feel bad. Or if they have a positive emotion, they'll also have a negative emotion. And you and I know that that's very normal. 
But a lot of the times, a lot of us grow up having to hide the more undesirable aspects within us because society labeled them as, well, unacceptable. It doesn't make you fun to be around. And that's the thing with Gemini is that, and well, even Sagittarius, if you may, is that people only like being around them when they're happy and they're fun and they're giggly and life of the party. And nobody wants to be around them when they're going through those darker moments or those darker periods, those darker moods. They're just labeled as moody and inconsistent and people kind of just leave them in the dust. And am I saying that from personal experience? Perhaps. Damn it. We got too real on this episode. But unfortunately, that is kind of a wound that a lot of Geminis go through. Is the fact that they, will, they only can be one thing. When in reality, they are so many different things. And part of human nature is to understand that we have so many different nuances to us. So many different layers to us. We are multifaceted individuals for a reason. We can never just be one thing. Because that's freaking boring. Like, you're, you're telling me that you're only ever happy? Like, no, there is something wrong with you. And so, that's kind of, again, another wound that a lot of Geminis have to, in a way, experience for them to kind of get into their highest version. And that's to real, and that happens when they kind of ignore that darker twin. And the best, the best depiction of that in literature is Dr. Jekyll and Dr. Hyde, where we have the evil side that comes out and we're not even like Dr. Hyde and we're not even aware that this individual exists. He's a lovely doctor by day, but then he has this like obnoxious, monstrous side to him that really confuses people. But most Geminis know that that's, that's the reality a lot of the times, that there are different sides to us. We just have this completely different side when we don't integrate it within our souls. Well, within our personalities, really. We need to have both the good and bad within us. It's about balance. And when I say balance, I mean more so like a dynamic equilibrium. We're never one thing at any given moment. Sometimes we're more inclined towards the light. And sometimes we're more inclined towards the bad or the dark. But essentially, those two sides always have to be integrated. Otherwise, we just go back and forth between the two and then we get labeled moody. Or we just ignore that one side completely and then it kind of just festers into our mind within our subconscious and then comes back as something that we don't recognize because we're not honoring the different parts of her personality. And that's something that Gemini really, really wants us to learn and do. That the best way to probably understand the world, again, is probably by understanding ourselves. And that's the reason why Gemini is one of the earlier signs like Aries and Taurus, that the journey is about understanding yourself first. By understanding yourself, it makes it easier for you to understand the world around you. 
and that sometimes the answers that we seek are sometimes just within us. So a lot of it too with Gemini is that because they ignore this side within ourselves, within themselves, this dark, undesirable self. And for all we know, like it could just, even an undesirable side could be like, well, I don't want to show my vulnerable side, my emotional side. When in reality, that is a large part of who you are. It's a large part of what makes you human is the fact that you have emotions. And for me, that was a big thing is that I didn't want to show that I was weak, that I was vulnerable, that I had emotions. And I was like, what the heck? No, no, it's very normal and a very human thing to have emotions. Like who the hell did I think I was? I, I, could, I could blame it on society and tell them like I was a victim to it. But at the end of the day, I still have to take control of my own life. I can't be a victim to the, to the world around me. And Gemini also doesn't want you to do that either. You take control of your own life. So by ignoring that side of me, I would try and seek out the thing that I was trying to repress within me, you know, in the outer world. Because it was kind of just like a projection. I would try and seek out people that would emotionally validate me. That would try and comfort me emotionally. Try and bring out that emotional side of me that I kept trying to freaking repress. When in reality, every time I tried to seek out these people, I would always just be disappointed. They could never fill that void. The only person that could fill that void was me. So I had to sit down with myself. And a lot of us don't like doing this for a reason. Because it's hard work and it's kind of not fun. It gives you a lot of rude awakenings. And that is the fact that I was kind of repressing my emotional side. That's the reason why I was, I was unsatisfied in any emotional connection that I had. And so that's what you have to do. You have to accept the different layers to you. And not over-identify with one thing and another. And that's something that I always, always talk about too. Don't over-identify with one thing in your chart. When there's so many different parts of you that make up you. You have to integrate it. And when you're able to integrate these different sides of you that you're repressing, you realize that the world isn't that black and white. And that we all kind of just exist in shades of gray. And so with Gemini, having this self-awareness, is the biggest step to intelligence and the mind. And that's what Gemini is trying to create. Create that self-awareness. Because with self-awareness comes that enlightenment, that understanding of the world around us, and that deeper meaning that we're searching for. And so Gemini, in that sense, actually comes across a little bit self-centered, when in reality it's just... That's the way that they are experiencing the world. Where everything that they're experiencing, they're trying to give it meaning to them. And the reason they're trying to give that meaning to them is so that they can understand the world better. So it's the same way that I find that sometimes individuals, when they're sharing something that's happened to them, and it could be something very sad, and maybe the person that they're saying this to kind of gives an example of, this, of something similar that happened in their own life. And it can make it seem like they're trying to steer the conversation away from them. 
from the person that's expressing that, hey, this is something that happened to me and it's really sad and I'm really upset about. But what they're really trying to do, actually, is to try and give you comfort and tell you that, hey, I understand because something really similar actually happened to me as well. And so that's what Geminis are essentially trying to do. They're trying to give meaning to all of the experiences that they've been having thus far. Because at the end of the day, Gemini wants to seek enlightenment. Seeking meaning essentially is what that enlightenment, that higher self that we keep talking about means. And it's really funny because Sagittarius has the exact same goal. They're also searching for meaning, for purpose, for the world around them. They just have different ways of doing it. Gemini does it from the mind. Because Gemini, at the end of the day, is an air sign. And with air, it's always going to be about the intellect. The intellectual world. And so Gemini is ruled by Mercury for a reason. And Mercury is a planet of simply not only just communication, but of thinking, of the mind. Simply just the intellectual world around us, that rational world. It's the mind for a reason. Gemini is constantly thinking. And the reason why they're constantly thinking is because they want to, again, bring meaning to the world around them with every little thing that they experience. And it's unfortunate because they got labeled as superficial. But Gemini simply just wants to experience every little thing that's going on in their world. And again, just bring meaning to it in a way that makes sense. So it sounds like they go from one idea from another, but that's just the way that their mind processes things. And that's what they're here to do. And once they're able to actually sit down and think through all of these things, and sometimes Gemini has to slow down. The same way Sagittarius does as well, but I'll get to that. So Gemini has to slow down and actually think about what it is that they are experiencing and what meaning it has so that they can share it to the world around them and foster more connections so that they can learn more. Gemini is essentially here to learn. It's the first sign in the zodiac that honors the mind. It's the first air sign, right? Because we first have Aries as fire, then we have Taurus as the earth sign, and then we have air from Gemini. So Gemini is here to think. And so it's not going to be perfect and it's not going to be foolproof. They're going to make mistakes. And that's how they learn. They experience. Doesn't work out. Doesn't make sense. And they move on to something else. And at the end of the day, it's also a mutable sign for a reason. They're adaptable. They're flexible. They can get along with anybody for a reason. But they shouldn't be stereotyped as being flim like ditzy and superficial again. Perhaps they are. But maybe that's the lower version. Lower, hmm, I don't like to use that word. More so, the I'm not really evolved yet. I'm not realizing my true potential. Gemini. That's what it is. Because the only reason why Gemini is trying to experience the world around them is so that they can understand more. They're here to learn. They're here to understand. I think because I want to know. 
all the different sides to them, all the different perspectives, the layers that make up them and create this multifaceted individual. Gemini is the first one to say, hey, maybe I can, I can be more than just one thing. And it's very different from like the Aries idea of like, this is who I am, because they're the first ones that create ego in the human world. And then Taurus, who was like, well, this is my comfort zone. This is what I like. So this is me. And then Gemini is like, hey, wait, what? What if I want to do more than one thing? Huh. And so maybe, the, maybe that's why they get a lot of flack too. But it could also be because they're not perfect. They're still experimenting. They're still trying to figure out the world. Because again, Gemini is one of the earlier signs for a reason. They're going to make mistakes. And that's their purpose. To experience the world around them. Through trial and error. Now, we're going to move away from Gemini and actually look at the opposite sister sign, and that's Sagittarius. So again, Sagittarius also has a very similar journey. And they're also looking for the same thing that Gemini is. And that's meaning. But the way that they go about it, again, ends up being changed because they're a different element. Even if they do have the same mutable modality, Sagittarius is a fire sign. And fire is about creativity, inspiration, desire, following through with what feels right to you, what you know feels right in your soul, similar to what Aries does. But Aries takes the first step. And Sagittarius is the mutable, flexible, and adaptable sign. So they kind of just blend in everywhere. So Sagittarius is symbolized by the archer. And it's a sun, like if you look at the actual like physical symbol, like it's literally an arrow. But I also like to look of it more so as the symbol. I find that the symbol that the thimble, sorry, I can't words right now. The symbol that better symbolizes Sagittarius. Oh my God, that was a lot of alliteration is the centaur. And the centaur, centaurs are known to be archers essentially. And they're half, they're half man, they're half human, and they're half horse. So they're kind of just like a hybrid. And so I like that symbol a lot better than, let's say, just the archer a little bit. But again, that's always up for discussion. It's just my interpretation and what works in my little weird brain. Is that with the half human, kind of like what Gemini is represented by, the human twins, you still have that human consciousness, that human mind, but you still have the body of a horse, half the body of a horse, really, if you may. And that, that bot, that, and if you remember when I was talking about Aries and Taurus, that are represent, and even Scorpio, yes, that is represented by animals, your journey and your lesson is kind of to tame that animal instinct, those primal, that primal nature that we all have within us and kind of evolved to kind of move away from. 
But the point isn't to repress that side. It's to integrate it together. And that's kind of very similar to what Gemini does as well. But they do it from an intellect perspective. Where they embrace the different facets of their mind and the different facets that make up their personality. But Sagittarius has to integrate that human consciousness, that human mind that they have, but also bring it down to reality and the primal urges and instincts that they have. And when I mean primal, I mean it from the sense that these are sensations and ideas and nuances and kind of just ways of being that exist within us that we're not actually aware of, really. You could argue that maybe it's your subconscious. Sure. But I kind of like to narrow it down to the fact that these are just very instinctive ways of being for us. Aries is known to be very instinctive. They kind of just follow their, the callings of their soul because they're searching for truth. And then Taurus is more so focused on just experiencing whatever their senses around them are essentially experiencing it's very instinctual you don't have to think about it it's just there and so Sagittarius has that side to them because again <clears throat> sorry they're half horse as a centaur but they still have these idealistic ways of thinking because they are half human and it's a very different kind of consciousness that Gemini has because Gemini is still trying to understand their mind so Sagittarius is later down the zodiac it's actually like past the halfway point what is the halfway halfway point Libra I think it's Libra is it Scorpio yes it's Libra seventh house yes and so Sagittarius comes after Scorpio and if you remember last week's episode I talked about Scorpio having to go through this transformative journey to tame and master those primal instincts that they have, kind of like what Taurus does as well. And to give meaning, essentially, to the, that primal side within them. Taurus simply embraces it and goes with it. And Scorpio, Scorpio likes to understand why they have these primal sides within them and that maybe it's not always the best thing for them to kind of be in that energy of simply just their primal side and simply just doing things without understanding why they're doing it and then all of a sudden it just controls their life and so Sagittarius still is tethered to that energy that Scorpio was kind of in but Scorpio has to go through that transformative journey to kind of reach their higher self to reach that enlightenment that comes with sitting down with the dark inside of them and essentially finding wisdom within the darkness. Sagittarius is not known to like doing that. In fact, they're always known as that fun-loving, happy-go-lucky, gregarious sign because they don't want to sit with the dark. And that's the reason why they come after Scorpio too is because we're moving away from that darkness that is so comfortable for Scorpio but is necessary. But Sagittarius doesn't want us to always just live in the dark, like Scorpio sometimes is in the habit of doing. Mm -hmm. 
they want us to be able to experience life to the fullest. And that can't happen if you're constantly just sitting in the dark. You have to, you have to be able to sit in the light. Otherwise, everything that has happened to you when you were sitting in the dark kind of doesn't really serve a purpose for you anymore. But regardless, Sagittarius has that duality where they are, they are still tethered by those primal instincts, but their mind wants to soar high. And so with Sagittarius being later on in the Zodiac, the purpose now begins with integrating yourselves into society. And Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter. And if you remember my episode, for those of you that have listened to my Jupiter episode, when we move away from the personal planets, and Gemini is ruled by the personal planet of Mercury, with Jupiter being an outer planet, now we're learning about our place in society and what we bring to the world around us. Because we realize that now that we've discovered who we are, the things that we have learned about ourselves can actually help the world around us. It's just a matter of figuring out what it is we can provide. And that, that comes with understanding the bigger structures, the bigger systems that we coexist in within a society. And oftentimes the first time that we really encounter society and our role in society is through like religious organizations like school. Well, I mean, not religious, my bad. I got it too ahead of myself. Is through organized affiliations like religion, right? Churches, mosques, synagogues, things like that. Or educational institutions like schools, college, university. Heck, even work. Like things like that. And so Sagittarius doesn't want to simply just think. They want to take whatever ideas that they have in their mind and actually create create this idealistic vision that they have. Because that fire energy that they have, it's about that creative spark and following through with it. But being half half horse means that they're actually kind of limited to how much that they can put out into the world. And that's usually just a reminder of, well, the limitations of the human existence that Gemini is very aware of. That in order to have life, you need death. And so, while Jupiter, remember, if you remember, tells us that all of this knowledge that we have has to be used for a greater purpose, and that's what Sagittarius wants us to do, we have to be able to do it in a way that makes sense in our three-dimensional world of our human reality. And oftentimes, like the visions and the creative sparks that we have, or the creative, essentially creative visions, really. I don't know why I drew it out like that. But the creative visions and ideals that we have, they're just ideas if they can't be founded in reality or grounded in reality, essentially. And a lot of the times, Sagittarius, and this is where that stereotype of Sagittarius being a runner, she's a runner, she's a track star, um, comes from, essentially, <laughs> is that Sagittarius doesn't want to be limited like that. They're an expansive sign. 
And that's something that I always use. That's the word I always use to describe Sagittarians for a reason. And it's the fact that they realize that they can't bring their ideas into a reality because the real world essentially is just so limited, right? Like there's restrictions. There's so many different systems that you have to overcome because there's already existing structures in place. And at the, at the end of the day, the biggest one is the fact that we're not immortal, that we don't have all the time in the world, that eventually we will die. And Sagittarius wants to kind of defy that and kind of move away from the natural orders of nature, that we have this dichotomy of life and death. But again, Gemini is so aware of and what Sagittarius can learn from Gemini as well. And so that's actually one of the things that like, I feel like Sagittarians are always annoyed by Gemini's um, is the fact that Gemini's are really good at telling you everything that is wrong with your ideas and your visions. And Gemini is very good at being the devil's advocate because they're really good at pinpointing all of the faults because they're constantly thinking. And because they're very good at relating everything to themselves and the world around them, Sagittarius just gets pissed off sometimes. They're like, can't you just let me have one thing? Mm -hmm. Why do you have to nitpick everything? And, you know, sometimes it's necessary, Sag, because as inspiring as your, as your mind is, you have to come down to reality sometimes. And that's okay because you can make so many more meaningful things when you realize that we're limited. Our time here is limited. And instead of just constantly searching the world around you or running away from the things that are not so glamorous like death, like suffering, like pain, that you can reach enlightenment by just sitting with yourself in the human world and in the human existence and create that, create that enlightenment. And what that really means for Sagittarius is the fact that they can be so restless sometimes because they're just seeking, they're seeking higher meaning. We're moving away from like that individualized like individualized meaning of life that we saw with a lot more of the personal signs and they kind of want to understand the world from a very large perspective and so that's why Sagittarius is very interested in like subjects like philosophy social sciences and they want to explore different cultures because they don't want to focus on Kind of the things that limit them, like everyday life. Like, oh, I have a job to go to. Like, oh, I have to I have to be in a relationship <laughs> and kind of tend to their needs. And that's not a bad thing. The fact is, is that Sagittarius just wants to experience more and find meaning in the world around them. But really, the meaning in life can sometimes be just with sitting down with the world around you. And all that restlessness that you feel, 
will maybe go away if you actually sit down with yourself. And it's that same restlessness that Gemini has too. They're searching for, they're searching for their other half in the world. When in reality, their other half is the side that they're repressing. And that actually is what finally gives them meaning in their life. That same meaning that you're also searching for, Sagittarius. And it only really just comes down when you sit down with yourself. And because we have all of these limitations in this human existence, all of these amazing, beautiful visions and ideals that you have can be so much more fruitful. Because you know that because the, the time that we have here is so limited, we have to strive for greatness. We have to strive to be better every day. Because tomorrow it could all be gone. And in a way, if you can create these visions and ideals and manifest them into reality and ground them into reality, really, then you'll realize that the ideas that you have, they can last lifetimes. And that's the whole idea of immortality from a human perspective. Right? Like, think about all the philosophers that we talk about that are from like a thousand years ago. Their ideas still live on. And in a way, that's what makes them immortal. So that creative, inspirational energy that you have within, it, within you as a fire sign, it comes from being able to bring those ideas down to earth in a way that everybody can experience it. Experience that magic that you constantly want to seek. And that really what you're sometimes looking for, that enlightenment, the meaning, those inspiration, it comes from human connection. The same human connection that Gemini is so good at doing. And again, you don't have to limit yourself to like the constraints of society by any means. No, you're an expansive sign for a reason. And that's the reason why Sagittarians are really good at questioning what is expected of you. They're the first ones to actually kind of do that question what society kind of deems as, well, what must be done? And a lot of us grow, grow up with this notion that, hey, we have to go to school, go to university, work our butt off in university, get a job, then get married, and then have kids, and live a white picket fence life. And it's like, no, we don't have to do that by any means. No. We have to do what makes sense to us. And our reality is our truth. And it's what makes sense. And we don't have to move away from the human existence that sometimes Sagittarius has a habit of doing. But that's because, again, Sagittarius hasn't reached their highest version or the best version of themselves like the most evolved version, because again, there's positive and negative, negative manifestations of every sign. And again, we're all works in progress. But Sagittarius doesn't have to subscribe to traditional ideas of what it means to be happy and what society tells you is what makes you happy and gives meaning to your life. Because that's what Sagittarius is trying to find. And that's what that restlessness is. They're trying to find meaning in their, in the, in their life. But they're not finding it in, again, these, if you may, narrow perspectives that we have. 
And Sagittarius is an expansive sign for a reason. They don't want to be just tied down to one, one belief, one principle. They want to experience everything around them and then come to a conclusion that, hey, maybe this isn't what I want. Maybe there's more to the world out there. There's a, they're the first ones to really question that, hmm, maybe it's not always going to be about me. Hmm. And I think that's very admirable. And so they just have, they have places to be for a reason. And that's because sometimes the real world is kind of boring and not fun. And I agree with that. But what you also have to remember is that you can be, you can be searching your whole life for meaning. But if you don't actually sit down with yourself and figure out what it is that you want and what it is that gives you meaning and inspiration. And this really applies to a lot of fire signs. Well, you'll constantly be searching. And like Gemini, you have to find that from within. And that's the reason why Sagittarius is half horse. Because again, you have these instinctive sides within you that can give you the answers that you need. That they don't actually have to come from the outside world. But what you should be doing is all of these creative ideas and desires that you have and all of these positive ways of being and thinking that you have, they should be expressed outward, outward into the world so that we can experience some of that magic too. That enlightenment that you have been seeking for most of your life. Hmm. Things to think about. But as an archer as well. Now this is where I kind of actually appreciate the symbol of the archer. But more so the bow and the arrow. Like some symbol. Symbol. I was going to say symbology. But I don't think that's a word. But it's the fact that you can't really aim arrows unless you actually stay still again slow your breath actually look at where you're going to aim and then you release the arrow otherwise if you kind of just are unsteady and you're not actually holding the bow still the arrow will just go wherever and now you're just kind of just shooting out arrows without actual targets and they're kind of just flying everywhere and then it just becomes useless now you're just shooting arrows for fun and you don't want to be doing that Sag and that's not what you're here to do so all of these creative desires that you have and I will always be talking about creativity with fire signs so there's a reason why I keep bringing it up all the time so all of these like modes of inspiration that you have about the world around you and again that's the magic that so many of us need because the world can be a really depressing place if we kind of get too caught up in ourselves and don't think beyond the world around us. Mm. And that's sometimes what we actually do. We actually get quite self-centered. And perhaps that's what Gemini does too as well. And you can teach Gemini that as well. That we can experience so much more. So again, all of these beautiful, beautiful ideas that you have they have to be focused. So you have to choose your target out in the, 
three-dimensional human world and then aim. And then all of that, all of that enlightenment, all that you've been seeking will be right in front of you. And again, so many of us are looking for that magic and you'd be surprised how many people actually respond to it and will crave it and seek it. So in a way, everything that you're learning about the world around you, it can actually come from within. And that's where sometimes Sagittarians actually have this inner voice inside of them that's guiding them and kind of telling them how to be. And they don't always understand it, but you don't have to understand it. It simply makes sense to you and your vision and your ideals. And so you can go out into the world following those visions and ideals, but they have to be grounded in reality as well. So you have to be, again, responsible. It shouldn't be hurting people. It should only be, you should only be striving to make the world a better place. And that's sometimes something that Gemini doesn't always do because Gemini is aware that there are so many different sides to us that they don't always actually pick a side. And while that's not always a bad thing, because again, they're also works in progress, Sometimes it's hard for them to choose something that they truly believe in and stick to it. But you're really good at that. So this is what you two can teach each other. Gemini teaches you that there are many different layers to us that make us who we are and that that is part of nature. That we have this duality. That sometimes we have to come back down to earth and that all the ideas that we have, they have to be able to be grounded in reality and that they have to be useful to the world around us. Otherwise, they're just ideas. And you remind us that we have to stick to those ideals and visions that we have. That idealism that we have for, yes, essentially utopia in a way. And for a brighter future that you're probably the first one to actually think about, really, if you may. But at the end of the day, both you and Gemini are simply just looking for enlightenment. You're looking for meaning in life. Gemini does it from the perspective of the human mind, and you do it from the perspective of being true to you and your soul and that fire that you have within you. But at the end of the day, because you both are masculine signs, it has to be expressed outwards, and it can only be done if it's grounded in reality. And, again, that is your own journey that you must go through, really. And that is what Gemini and Sagittarius can teach us. Because at the end of the day, aren't we all looking for meaning? But you have to figure out what it is that is meaningful to you and what makes sense and what feels comfortable. And who knows, maybe you might start seeing the world very differently because now you get to live in your truth. Gemini and Sagittarians live in their truth. And maybe that's why they get so much flack. Sagittarian loves to explore the world around them. Because there's so much out there. And they don't want to be constrained. And Gemini reminds us that, well, there are so many different ideas out there that we can learn. That maybe because we don't have all the time in the world, we have to try and absorb as much as we can. 
But because these two energies are so similar, they have a lot to teach each other as well. Gemini should not just learn ideas for the sake of learning them unless it has some meaning and value to them. And Sagittarius shouldn't just explore and keep learning as well unless they can bring those ideas that they learn, those beautiful, beautiful ideas, and teach it to the world. And that's why Gemini and Sagittarians are also known to be teachers. They make amazing teachers. Gemini is really good at personalizing teaching as well because they really try and study your mind and your mannerisms and what it is that makes you you to try and, again, being a flexible, mutable sign, really adapt the material in a way that makes sense to you and makes sense to your mind. And Sagittarius is so good at just being so inspirational and making you excited about so many different concepts. Because isn't that the whole point? Why else are you going to learn something unless it doesn't make you excited? Sagittarius gets you so excited about, the, about so many different things. And it's very inspiring because it kind of just reminds you that, hey, maybe that's how it should be. And it's, yes, that's what knowledge is all about, is that it's helping you become better and helping you learn about the world around you. Learn about all the different perspectives. And in a way, they always say that because Gemini is good at looking at different perspectives and they're the first sign to do that, Sagittarius is really good at taking those different perspectives and applying it from more of like a bigger worldview and Gemini is really good at personalizing it but they're still very good teachers in their own right because that's what teachers are supposed to do they're supposed to help you look at different perspectives introduce you to a new way of being and thinking in my opinion that's what the best teachers and professors do and like I don't really like to label it as like oh Gemini is usually like an elementary school teacher and Sagittarius is usually better at like higher level learning like professors and universities or colleges I I don't I don't like to stereotype like that because again they just have different ways of presenting the same concepts of again learning and enlightenment they just do it in very different ways but again because they're sister signs the overarching theme that they have is still the same they still want to enlighten you. And that's what teachers actually do. Teachers enlighten you because they, they teach you. They present so much more knowledge that can help you understand the world around you. So, I think Sagittarius and Geminis do not deserve all of the slander that they get. Because I think they're misunderstood. They have so much that they want to do and I'm talking about when Gemini's and Sagittarians are in their highest versions their high when they finally understood their potential so that's what I mean when no sign is better or worse than others they're just very they just all have lessons that we can learn from and Sagittarius and Gemini remind us that well we have to find meaning in the world around us and we can learn it or we can teach it to others. And maybe the best way to teach it is when we understand it ourselves. Because we've gone through those things ourselves. That's all I have for this week, folks. I hope you 
I hope you guys will start to appreciate Gemini and Sagittarius a bit more through today's episode. So until next time, bye-bye.